This is the Mindful Experiment Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Vic. Excited that you're here. This podcast is all about diving deep into the mind and understanding this experiment or this game we call life. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Finding your perfect home was hard. But thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. The biggest battle we will ever have to face is the battle between you and you. It's the battle of taking your mind to that limit and then breaking through. On the Mindful Experiment podcast, we will share concepts, universal laws, and interviewing individuals who have done just that, who have gone through the dark times and through those moments allowed their light to shine bright. I'm your host, Dr. Rick Manzo, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast and taking this journey with me as we discover different avenues to break through those limits, expand your reality, and evolve into the person you desire to be. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey guys, it's Dr. Vic here. And before we jump into the interview, um, I wanted to share a couple things and then we'll dive right in. But um, if you haven't checked out my new book, Rediscover Your Greatness, what are you waiting for? Honestly, this book has been awesome. The feedback has been unbelievable. It's only been out for a couple months and the things that people have shared with me on how it helped influence their life, it's just been awe-inspiring in so many ways. And so if you haven't, go check it out. It's on Amazon and so forth. If you want an autographed copy and you live in the United States, um, go ahead to empoweryourreality.com and click on new book. And you'll be able to order it there and get it autographed. Um, also, if you um, haven't checked out, we have a free week of coaching. Um, we're going to be launching some new programs in the fall. And one of them that we just gave a little teaser on um, is going to be our one week uh, free coaching. You get a video from me every day, some worksheets, and we kind of just help you disconnect from the chaos of the world to help reconnect from where you are. Again, want more information, go to empoweryourreality.com and click on classes. Um, 
you know, let's the let's dive in here. Uh, Angelo has been a friend of mine. I've known him since I was in grade school. This guy has always been designed for success. I always I have a have a huge respect for the guy um, for what he has created, what he has done, and I think it's even more magical because we come from the same background. You know, we're both Italian. Come from an Italian American family. We're from the same neighborhood, and we didn't have all the opportunities that many other people had. And for for the success of what he has created for himself, and and just it's been awesome. And now to see him take that to the next level and what he's doing, I'm just it's I'm just excited for him to see how it's going to go. So um, to give you a little bit of a background of Angelo, um, on, October, uh, on October 15th in 2002, Angelo was involved in a hit and run motorcycle accident that changed his life forever. And in an instant, he went from being a 20-year-old entrepreneur to some, someone who was fighting to save his leg and his way of life. After eight surgeries, two months in a hospital bed, five months of daily rehab, and the encouraging news from his doctors that any kind of athletics is permanently out of the question, Angelo went deep into a depression. In 2009, he discovered CrossFit, and everything changed once again. He had a new focus. He had a new purpose. He lost 100 pounds. In 2010, Angelo opened up O'Hare CrossFit and the O'Hare CrossFit Howard Heights, his second gym in 2015. Angelo has consulted over 400 affiliates worldwide, co-founded Lifestyle Nutrition, is an international speaker on how to succeed as an affiliate owner while coaching two CrossFit Games athletes in 2018. In his free time, Angelo loves to travel, eat great food, and spend time with people closest to him. Um... Angelo's the real deal. Uh, he has a very cool story. He'll dive into his his issue, uh, the thing that he went through uh, with a motorcycle accident, what he went through, his emotions, and so much more, and then how he took that and went even further and how he changed his life, used that as a catalyst instead of going into a deeper depression and allowing the doctors to tell him, hey, this is what it's going to be, and that's it. Angelo took that to a different level, and he he, he transformed his life from that. So tune in as we jump into this awesome interview I had with Angelo Cisco. Hey everyone, welcome. Uh, Angelo, I want to first say, man, thank you for being on, man. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to have you. No, my pleasure. So happy to be here. <laughs> so we got a lot to talk about. Angelo is a very dynamic individual, as you've heard his bio and everything. And, uh, you know, one of the things I want to, he, he has so many things he's doing right now. One of the things I want to tap into is, yeah, hey, man, what's like, you know, with CrossFit, uh, it, it has blown up. I know you started early into it before it even got there. And I know I love your approach in CrossFit because I remember we chatted so many times about, uh, the the way you want to take it from there. So what one of the first questions I want to start out with is what is like the myth that has the biggest myth that you see in, in CrossFit, the, the misconception that people think of it as? Sure. So it's a great question. I think CrossFit in a weird way is a lot how people look at religion from the outside. Um, so people may hear a religion and they have a preconceived notion or they think of something and it automatically goes to a place there. Or if they had, they didn't have a great experience, um, one time doing CrossFit, all CrossFits are created that poorly and things like that. And so I think when you really take time to look under the hood, you have to look at everything in CrossFit gyms is really particular to that gym. There is no governing license of CrossFit as far as you, you pay for an affiliation. There's certain rules with the use of the name, but how your gym gets run, how your classes get run, how all those things, the programming, your coaching staff, that is all up to that one facility. 
I love it. Sounds like chiropractic in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, it really is. <laughs> Cause I'm assuming probably you can line up a hundred CrossFit gyms and they'll have their own like unique little approach to it. For sure. Gotcha. So then what's your, you know, like your unique approach? Cause I'm mean, like, I was always in love with how you, you just have this vision of how you have your gym and the, the, the message you want to bring to the table to the public. Yeah. So one of my, one of my things with fitness is, is I don't think it should be painful all the time. I think there's a time and a place for uh, for training with high volumes of intensity, both in a conditioning sense and in a strength sense. But also, too, there's times when you should be done working out and it shouldn't feel terrible. I love that. So no pain, no gain, huh? I think it's the craziest thing we have. Like, there's so many misconceptions as people like there's people pumping up their chest now about how they only sleep four or five hours a night. And I'm like, well, you're walking around like you're drunk. You don't even know that you're drunk. Like all these things where like it's the most or the hardest. And it's almost like we've been ridden to be a masochist society. Like we just have to drive ourselves into the ground. I love that. And I'm a big component of that too. Cause I was just, I was on Instagram and I saw the rock post something that he like flew. I don't know if you follow the rock. I was on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Stuff, cool stuff. He posts, but there was one that he's like, just got off a plane uh, from China at three forty-five in the morning. I'm going to be doing some work getting up at five and I'm going to get at five and just hammer out and hit the gym and just this. And I'm going, dude, what about rest? What about like, Hey, just take a moment and just slow it down for a second. And you get a lot of that type of stuff. And it, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting. So I like that. Nope. It doesn't have to be painful all the time. Doesn't. Awesome. What got you um, into the fitness realm? What, what, because like in chiropractic, we always say like chiropractic, it found you. You didn't go and seek for it. It came to like in my life, that's how it happened. Um, and, and I'm assuming that happens in a lot of people's life that, that, you know, it's what you're seeking really seeks you. So how did it seek you? Sure. So true. This is a deep story, but I'm going to, I'm going to lay it all out. So awesome. Being overweight in my family was a very common thing. Um, my father, he was in uh, prison for 11 years and he went to jail. He was 400 pounds. Um, so he's six foot one, 400 pounds. So just close your eyes and you can imagine um, how big of a man he was. And uh, coming to learn later in his life, one of the main reasons that he became ultra aggressive and almost I think it was a natural progression to go into that criminal element was because he was bullied when he was little because he was fat and he never had anybody to teach him how to even stand up for himself. And so eventually he hit puberty and grew into a bigger, larger man and just allowed that to uh, propel him into being ultra aggressive. And what winds up happening is, is when you're ultra aggressive or if somebody says something to you, not nice and you're ultra aggressive, it usually means that they're going to stop doing it. And so his behavior got really reinforced with that. Sure. And so he he goes to prison. And then throughout my youth, I gained a lot of weight. I just was I don't even know if I was lazy or what, but just I ate poorly. And that was part of my life. And so when he went away right around halfway through his time, he lost about 200 pounds. So he completely changed his life and he found health and, uh, and, and fitness and training. And so it was a really big deal that I wasn't going to be fat for him. And I remember being just the topic of our conversations at these prison visits. It's so funny to say, because like, it's just like you're sitting at a table in a room, but it was my father being very uh, strong about me not being fat and my mother making sure that I didn't eat too much or I didn't drink too many Coca-Colas or all these kind of things. So he was really trying to help me from it. And, and, and meanwhile, it was just for him trying to mask me from having these instances that he had when he was a kid, because that was his concern. And my father has a certain set of tools. So when I was seven or eight years old, it didn't come out as somebody that really gave, gave a, cared about me. It was more like, well, this guy just ease up and let me have a Snickers. 
Right. And so, um, that was most of my youth being, being heavy like that. Um, when he came home, when he, when, uh, when I was 16 and, uh, I started working out with him or just going to the gym the same time he did. And I lost a lot of weight and it was amazing. And, you know, when you're doing anything that is to gain praise from somebody else, that's a short term uh, solution. Um, it works for a period of time. But if there is no intrinsic motivation, um, you can't keep chasing the carrot. That's true. And so I. uh Again, I got a little bit heavier in my early 20s. Um, when I was 20, turned 21, right about to turn 21, I was in a motorcycle accident. I was uh, hit by a landscaping truck. I have uh, 10 screws and a plate in my foot now. And I was in the hospital for two months and rehab for five months. Um, so I gained some weight during that period. Um, also, too, you know, when your foot's ripped off your ankle, um, people aren't really telling you how much great things you're going to accomplish physically. Um so that just led me down a path of getting much, much heavier. And um, right around during that time, too, uh, my parents divorced in my mid to early 20s, early to mid 20s. And uh, that was a real big uh, shocker for me at the time as well. I took it to heart very much because I had this idea of identity that my parents were married, even though my father was in prison for 11 years and we stayed together. And uh I had a lot of pride in that and that meant a lot to me. And I thought that that was who I was. And uh, when he left a lot of things uh, about how the pedestal for him, I, I tell people that's the moment that he became my father and not daddy. Um, the pedestal came down and uh, I just gained weight for maybe a six month period. It was a real tough time for my family, for my mother, for my sister, for all of us. And uh, right around 2008, I just was, just tired of being fat, just tired of feeling that way. I don't, I mean, when you're overweight, buying clothes is like, like getting a, a punishment. It's one of the worst times ever. Um, the only time you feel good is when you're in sweats. I mean, at least for me. Um, I hear you. And so 2008, I started doing some research and I saw the movie 300 and I was like, man, how did these guys get in such great shape? Come to find out that they trained at a gym called Jim Jones in Utah, in Salt Lake City, Utah started digging up everything I can about Jim Jones. And then I found out that at one time, Jim Jones was a part of this thing called CrossFit. I'm like, man, well, what's this CrossFit thing? And just started following CrossFit.com. And I was like, I'm going to do this. And so January 5th, 2009, I did my first CrossFit workout. It was by myself um, at the Civic Center in Melrose. I walked home crying because of how terrible out of shape I was. Um, I gave myself like a fitness test to, to baseline. And I think I was so out of breath. I could only do like maybe like five burpees in a minute. It was absolutely terrible. Um, fast forward seven months, I lost 95 pounds. Awesome. And uh, life was looking much different then. Um, I had another business at the time. And I was like, man, I just want to train people because this is so fun that I could share this with. And so I was doing it for free at first. And um, I was like, man, can I really make this a career? And so I walked into, uh, so one of my crowning achievements for fat guy status was to go run at North Avenue Beach with my shirt off. I don't know why that became a, a, <laughs> a thing in my head, but yeah. like to me going there, running from North Avenue Beach to Navy Pier with your shirt off, enjoying the sun was the epitome of showing how much you loved your physique and how proud you were. And uh, there was an export actually, um, which is like a global gym right on North and Wells. And I was like, man, I'm just going to walk in here and see if I could get a job here. And sure enough, I didn't have an interview, but I met with the manager and they hired me that day. Awesome. And it was amazing. I was so excited. I was going to be this personal trainer and do all this stuff. 
Come to find out they wanted me to go up to people on treadmills and try to push a bunch of supplements and stuff that I didn't believe. So I worked there for three days and it didn't work. (laughs) Um, I knew it immediately that it wasn't for me. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do this on my own the way I want to do it. And I, I think I just set out a group text message on my phone and I was like, man, if I could just get 10 clients at the end of this month to train with me, I already, it's, I'm not doing this for the money. I already have something that's, that's holding me over financially. I just want to have a consistent book of business. And so the end of July of 2009, we started training people um, outside the park at a, a local civic center. And then September of 2009, it got chilly. So I rented uh, the racquetball court space and I had that for 14 months and then I opened the gym. So that was the journey to, to getting all this. That's awesome, man. I didn't know that. I mean, but I know Angelo growing up as a kid, so it's kind of cool to hear this story. Um, really, really powerful story. How that like, you know, so you went, there's, there's a lot of stuff there, man. There's yeah, a, a lot, lot of, of like, you know, haha moments when you reflect back, how does it like, how grateful are you for some of those moments? How great? Cause I know at the time it always sucks. Sure. But then when you look back, you're kind of like, wow, okay, I'm happy that I went through something like that. Yeah. Or I'm happy. I, uh, you know, and, and you know, I know it sucks sometimes, but it's like, but you look, Hey, did you do that at all? You've ever like look back and go, thank God, thank you for this. Or thank you for that. Or what was your, your experience on that? Absolutely. So, what I, the way I'm saying this story to you guys now is a culmination of a lot of realizations and acceptance. If you would have asked me this story even four years ago, I would have probably been NF, MFing my father more than singing his praise. So a lot of it is a lot of, reflex, of reflection and, and understanding and, and trying to look through of what all these messages really meant. Um, and so like this thing with my father, like when you look at this now, a man just doing the best he can and doing with what he knows how to do. And he goes to prison for 11 years. And why wouldn't he be super, super stressed out about his son, not having a male role model? It makes complete sense. Right. But when it comes out as being just mad at you or, or you, you not, you know, him not telling you that you're enough, he's just concerned. I think sometimes for male for, for men, I mean, it could be for women too, but I just, as our backgrounds as being Italian, I think having your dad just saying, Hey, you're enough and knowing that is words that, um, words that will, they can transform your life. Would you agree? hundred percent. You know, um, so it's good stuff, man. It's really, uh, there's a lot of passion behind that. And I know that that stimulates why you're so successful at what you do. You know, you, you got to go through, as I talk about here all the time, like the dark times of what you go through, man, that's what brings the greatest light and the joy of it all. Um, and you're also a coach too. So you're doing coaching with uh, box gyms, right? Yeah. Um, and you have two athletes showing up at the CrossFit games. Let's, let's talk a little bit about that experience. How, how, how much, how much is, you know, CrossFit, uh, when you go to the games, it's very conditioning. You're stressing the heck out of the body. Yep. You're, you're going to levels that you never thought you can get to. And you got to, you have to like look at them and you have to see them in their potential. Like what's the, what's the viewpoint, how you work with an athlete? How do you like help them get to that elite status? Yeah. So it's, it's very interesting too, because these two, uh, a lot of coaches in CrossFit may take an athlete on when they're already um, one stage away from the games or stuff like that. But both of these athletes, I started working with with before any of these things. So we've had a journey from them just sitting across from me at a desk saying they want to go to the CrossFit Games to actually everything that goes into it. Um, the first thing uh, is, is that I really believe there's certain little physical aspects that you may be able to tell with people age, I mean, age and height and, and stuff like that. But you really need to put time in with people. I would say a good six month test to see what their work ethic is like. 
um, and what really what their mental resilience is. I think that if you could enjoy doing whatever you're doing, you have a better chance of achieving it. Would you say it's a lot more mental than it is more of the physical side of things? No doubt. Because I know there was a research study I was reading a couple weeks ago about how if you think you can't do something, like if you're working out and you, let's say you're getting to your end point, and if you think you're done there, you'll shut down. But they've done studies where they've worked on people's minds that like activate the mu- Like if you think you can push further, you'll actually be able to put the muscles will take on another load per sure. se to take you to that level. Um, what are some of the, like when you, you know, we got the, the, the box gym stuff that you're coaching. What's some of the things when you're coaching with someone, what are the, the, the I don't want to say difficult things, but some of the things you see are mental blocks. Yeah. I think people choose goals that are, would approve uh, getting approval from other people or people pick goals. Um, Angelo's successful. I just want to do everything Angelo does. And then they come to find out that both of those aren't um, native to them. And so they wonder why they can't figure them out. And it's just because they're not theirs. So true. I, I see that even with uh, uh, being a chiropractor, you know, people want to get the healthiest they can be. And they're like, I see your very regimen and what you do. And I'm like, yeah, you can do this. And then when they start doing work, they're like, yeah, no, that's not for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, when, you know, you, then you, I'm assuming you do the same thing where you're kind of like, all right, how do we, let's figure out what is for you. Sure. Let's figure out that process behind it. Yeah. It's the beginning <laughs> stage for anybody I work with. I love it. Um, great question to ask. I, I love this question. Tell me something that you think is true that no one else agrees with you on. Or that you know is true, not that you think. That I know is true? Yeah. All right, I'm going to throw this out. This might cause a little bit of a little heck. Yeah, let's go. Who cares? I honestly think having Donald Trump as the president right now is the best thing for America. <laughs> and here, and here's, here's why. I love this. Go, ahead. go ahead. I had this conversation the other day. <laughs> African-American, white people, Italian, poor people, Hispanic, and that we all finally have one thing we have in common is that we don't approve of him and his antics. So for the first time ever in history, we are all united by one thing that is undeniable. (laughs) Never thought of that. And I really think that like we should all wake up and go, hey, keep being the way you are because it's going to bring us closer. Never saw it that way. And so I, I really think that we all have one thing in common. We're united in one way. And when you look in history at like things like um, the apartheid coming down, they all sat around and all agreed that they were a part of this mess. And that's how it all started to change. And I really believe that like we needed this guy. So people weren't like, oh, maybe him, Obama. No, we all think he's nuts. And we're finally like all in agreement on this. And I think it's like the one time in in America's history where we have that one bond. That's true. I know on Facebook, that's all I ever see is hate stuff on him. And the news is, I don't think they ever said anything nice about Trump since he's been as a president. Um, That's a unique perspective. So that's like my crazy thing. Some people look at me like I'm nuts. But when you really think about it, we're on the, the majority, not all of us. Obviously, he won. But the majority of people are on this side. And like the power is going to come to the people that we're all together. Uh, that is uh, that is such a unique uh perspective i like that to, i'm gonna definitely i could see where you're coming from drastically on there because again like i said there is a lot of uh hate being shared out yeah. there and uh it's one of those things i always say that like you know the, the people it's the power of the people right we always say that well it's where the people are is what creates the public figure that we have in front of us and it's just because of the average of where we are and what we need at this time mm-hmm. and so i always never get upset or aggravated who's president because i'm always like that's what we need Yep. It's just where we are at this time. Change ourselves, we change that. 
for sure. I love that. It's awesome. Um, want to shift gears there a little bit and dive into some other stuff. Like what's the, because you, you went through a lot of stuff in that the story you share with us. I agree. You opening up and sharing that with us. What's like a book that has like helped you in that journey or what, or just a book in general that like kind of transformed your life. Oh my goodness. There's so many good books. Uh, and you can choose different categories in each too. Cause I know like for me, it's always one of those things where I'm like, yeah, if it was in this industry, it'd be this. If it was this, it was this. But if there's one that mm-hmm. you can say, Marcus Aurelius meditations is my favorite book ever. Cool. And the reason I have such, I've read it multiple times. And the reason I am such a big fan of it is a lot of people write books of, uh, about certain topics and things like that. And, and being this way, and this man was the ruler of what was known as the earth. And he had that view on things where he could have abused anything that he wanted 110%. And nobody would have, nobody even would have said no. And it would have been like approved. And I think to be able to be in such a, a high place and be able to be that reflective and actually honor your words is like such an admirable way to be. Cause I think, um, success brings so many things out of people. And if you could keep yourself in check, um, when you're at your best, it's the most important thing. Couldn't agree with you more. It's one of those things we just say he had to keep his, he kept his ego in check. He kept it out of the way. So they wouldn't get interfere with things. Yeah. Are you a big gladiator fan? Yeah. The movie? Like that, like, is that one of your top like five or anything? Like it's that? like in a top 10 for me. I think it's a wonderful cool. story. But like, <laughs> I definitely think like just him being that wise. And that's why when you read those words to me, that's somebody's journal that he was just writing this stuff down at, the, at night to make sure that he wouldn't go abuse his power. Like how amazing. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. It's one book. I mean, I've heard a lot of his work and yeah. I like him as a, for what he has done. Um, but that'll be a book I'll have to check out. Yeah. Very cool. Um, let's take a look here. One of the things I like to, uh, giving advice because you're, you're very well versed in what you do. I know you, you work on yourself consistently uh, on all levels, physically, mentally, and spiritually. What is like advice you would give to somebody who it could be a graduating student. It could just be someone who has a vision and a goal. Like what would some words of advice you would give them? Wow. Um, <laughs> if they were just about to embark on a journey or just in just general? embark on a journey or just graduate college it could be either or whatever works easier for you. Yeah, this is a new uh, revelation for me, and I wish I knew this earlier. Um, I think the idea of working hard um, has been ingrained in me for many years and ingrained in a lot of people. And I think it is the most backwards way to achieve um, high results. And I think um, you should work easy and not in a not it doesn't have to be like you could work 12 hours a day and you could work easy that's what i mean it's just like doing the things that you're really good at finding out what they are um my biggest thing too is i resented the things i was good at because they were so easy so i thought because <laughs> I, I i believe that i totally so like that. think about what you're really good at it should fill you with energy it should feel really easy to do and do your absolute best to only be able to do those things and i understand for a lot of people in early ventures they have to do a lot of things to to get to a certain point or because of uh, resources but you should be focused on and how can you make your life only about doing the thing that you get the most return on because that is going to be able to take care of everything else i love it where do you think like because i've i've been raised in a way where you know initially i went through the kind of same thing you said like hard work bust your ass just go 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 and eventually things will just work out for you um did when did that like epiphany happen for you to where you're like i don't have to do it as hard 
there's a different path. There's the, because they, in universal laws, they call it the path, the least resistance. Mm-hmm. And that's the, that's the path you actually want to take. Cause that's the one it, some people say that's the weak path. You ever heard of that before? Yep. Like, Oh, don't go there. That's the easy path. Why don't you, you got to go to the most resistant path. But, um, when that moment happened for you, when did that click for you? A couple of years ago, <laughs> a couple of years ago where, um, I would, uh, maybe 2015, I was fortunate enough where I had the resources and the staff to like actually travel and meet successful entrepreneurs and stuff. And we would talk about our days and they would have what I would think was the coolest days. They did what <laughs> they wanted. They didn't like one guy was like, I take no, no meetings before 12 PM. Cause that's my creative time. I'm like, what are you talking about, dude? And like this, like it blew my mind that these guys were accomplishing all these things and they were living like this life where they were just filled doing the things that they're really good at. They all worked, uh, you know, to some, they worked very focused. I don't think working hard is a great word. I think working focus is a better way to explain it, but like being around them and, and seeing that. And so for me, getting out of my little bubble and getting around people that I wanted to be like really helped me realize all that. Gotcha. And learning from them, like when you saw their perfect day, did it help you accumulate what your perfect day is? Yes. So what does that look like for you? So, I would venture to say that right now I live a very perfect day life. So every single day is blocked out to a certain category of my goals and what I'm trying to do. So, um, Monday's theme is everything that has to do with internal stuff with the gym. So I meet with the staff and just basically making sure that everybody knows what they're going to be focused on this week. And that's all I do. If I get an email about programming, if I get an email about business coaching, I don't tend to it. Love it. Um, unless it's completely urgent and everybody that works with me knows to put urgent in the subject line or I won't get to it. And, uh, I do that with my week. And what I also do too, is I leave, um, two and a half, usually hours, in the morning to do self-care stuff i do i have a wim hof breathing practice i journal and i usually i'll get my first workout done in the morning love it and since you've been doing that have you noticed you're getting more done than what you used to do three five years ago before you made that reservation it's a double-edged sword because the, the funny thing is too is i find myself not trying to make myself busy either though I get the necessity things on. So it's not like now it's not that I wake up on Mondays and go, okay, OCF internal stuff. I have a list of 20 things to do. It's more like the list is much less and it's more deliberate and present with that smaller list. Love it. Yeah. And that's what like, uh, you know, I studied like uh, Charles Branson and those guys. And, you know, that's funny how they live that lifestyle. It's like, what is the little things I have to do today that take me to move the needle closer to where I want to be? Yep. And that's all they focus on. So, and and they, even if they get it done in two hours, they're done for today. Done. And it's just like, it's, that was foreign to me. And in my revelation, it's been coming more in the last like year, year and a half where it's just like, all right, how much less can I do to maximize my gain and my impact of what I can do. Mm-hmm. I love that, man. Um, so we talked a little bit about CrossFit and your, your journey and how you got there. We talked about the coaching and that, and, and, and you're doing awesome. We got the two athletes, man. I'm really excited for you. I can't wait to keep me posting on what's happening there. I know Thank they're going to do well because they're under your uh, supervision. I know it that. Be exciting. I've known you for a long time. I know you, you're the real deal when it comes to things. Let's talk about you. You started this new venture and I, I'm in love with your new venture. Um, Alpha Hippie. What, how, where'd that come from? Yeah. How'd that, how'd that begin? So Alpha Hippie um, is, so two th- here we go. The Alpha Hippie came from my spiritual journey. So in 2014-ish, I would say the gym was at a plateau and it was our first plateau. So, I mean, I've been, I was very fortunate. I had exponential growth 
um, for the first four years of me opening the gym. Love that. Um, I think, you know, timing and being an early adapter of CrossFit, I was the first one. And so whatever, for whatever reason, you know, blind luck or whatever you want to call it. And it was the first time I had a real plateau. And I spent maybe three to six months just being a complete victim and blaming my team, blaming everybody else, like anything that you could possibly think of, I was blaming. Um, and I, w- I just started reading some books about like real successful people and started learning about this thing called EQ, like emotional intelligence. And I was like, what is this stuff? And that was my first, I, I would say emotional intelligence is the way to say mindfulness without freaking anybody out. Um, and so I started diving into there and taking tests and found out that I was not really good at self-awareness, this thing called self-awareness. I'm like, what is this? And, um, I just started diving really deep into that and started reading books about, you know, consciousness and Buddhism and, and really learning about myself and really learning about successful people that went through journeys. And, uh, and then I ventured off into Southern California and I'd go to retreats for three or four days and I would go to learn about my, how my parents' upbringing made me the man I am or made me think of the things I have and all these, um, beliefs that I had in my brain to be these tried and true things that were just choices. And uh, just really started from there. And obviously, over the last three and a half years, things have drastically changed with me personally. I mean, I have the gym. I got married. I mean, there's a lot of amazing things. I've had a lot of accolades as far as my career through this. And I started to realize, like, how amazing is this? Is that the only limiter you have is you and you could fix it anytime. I think it's like it's like a cheat code to any game <laughs> like you want. It's the coolest thing ever. Yeah. And so um I like I said I just started doing that. I go on one or two retreats a year. I'm always kind of spending time digging into that stuff and like the Wim Hof and the breathing practices kind of came from there and all that and um I had one day I was having a conversation with somebody from here because a lot of the stuff that is um native to my Melrose Park upbringing this is complete opposite um having these practices and like what do you mean you lay on the floor and you breathe for 30 minutes what's wrong with you like a lot of stuff like that and so one day i was explaining to somebody something that like i went to this this retreat and i said well and i explained it to him and he like said something smart and i go well you don't understand because you're not an alpha hippie (laughs) and i was like wow wouldn't it be great if I had a shirt that said alpha hippie? Cause that's what I am. And I Googled it and they didn't make any shirts. And I said, well, I'm going to make it. And I just made up a design, went to a designer and we made the, the design that's for alpha hippie. And I was like, cool. So I'm going to make this shirt. And I'm like, well, why would I only make like one or two of them? I'm going to make a whole bunch of them and pass them out to people. So I printed out like a hundred shirts and I would just send them to people that I liked and told them if they felt like they were aligned with being an alpha hippie to send me a picture of them uh, wearing it. And I want to post it. And so I just, I started it that way. And, um, it was just like a fun little thing. I went to, uh, I went to Costa Rica in February. I lived in an eco village, uh, for a week. And then I spent three days at Envision Fest and I just brought a duffel bag of shirts and left them there for people. I have no idea who has them now. You're creating a movement. And yeah. And so I was like, man, this is so cool. And then I started thinking about what motivates me or what gives me energy. And when I go to these seminars or these retreats, I come back so inspired. And very, very rarely is it from the content that gets presented. It's more from the conversations I have with people. And I was like, man, I have these conversations with these people. I come back. I have this energy that I can never imagine. Like, how can I do this at home? And I was like, 
man, why wouldn't I just do a podcast? I'll sit down with somebody. We'll jam for an hour or two. I'll get my fix. They'll get what they need out of it. I'll learn some cool stuff and we'll just keep rolling. And so the Alpha B podcast launched the end of, or the beginning of, uh, what was I June 20th? I think we, we launched like right around that time. And, uh, and now the podcast is just all about like celebrating people that inspire me. I mean, this is a very, very selfish mission. I have to be truthful. And if somebody else benefits from it, I am more than, than gracious and, and very happy that they do. But this is all about just me finding an outlet to serve me. And also too, I like, I like being creative. I like conversations and I love fun things like that. And I want to be, to have an outlet for that instead of just making it where I need to be a businessman all the time. I love it, man. Yeah. That's, 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 that's awesome. Um, Great journey on that, and, and, and I, 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 you're speaking right to me, man. It's like, well, why, is, why am I creating a mindful experiment? It's like the same. And I think we were talking that before we got on the podcast a little bit on that. Um, these retreats, if you don't mind sharing a little bit about them, I've done a lot of spiritual retreats in my life, and uh, I remember I think we talked previously before Sweat Lodge. Yes, right. You did those. Well, if you don't mind sharing, just yeah. what, what was like that experience? Because some people hear these things and they're like. What the heck's a sweat lodge? Yeah. Uh, what's that all about? And I always look at these things like tools sure. to help you become even more aware, to dive deeper into yourself. Because I think the more deeper you go into yourself, the more you act. That's where the 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 the, the fruit comes out. Absolutely. And and the more you start paying attention to that more, as you've been sharing your story. Um, so if you don't mind, if sure uh, an experience. Yeah. So we were in Costa Rica and I was having dinner and somebody was like, yeah, we're going to do a sweat lot sign. I'm like, well, I want to do it. And the reason I, I tell, I usually take to any sort of spiritual, oh, um, spiritual practices that are physical is because I am so in love with what, with fitness and what physical brings out of you. I personally believe um, you watch somebody exercise for 20 minutes. You don't need to have a conversation with them. You'll find out plenty about them. Yeah. It's true. And, um, so true. And to me, doing the sweat lodge is it was just another test to really see where you were. And it's not a test where it's it's good or bad. I think that I just want people to know that it's just about seeing where you're at. And then it gives you a barometer or, or data if you want to make a change. Like, Four people, five people walked out of that sweat lodge because they couldn't stand being in there. And this is a two and a half hour experience. There's four rounds of prayer. They bring in hot stones that are in a burning fire every round. And you can't get out of this little hut. Like you're sitting in there and you do prayers. You pray for earth. You pray for the people you love. You pray for yourself. You celebrate. It's a very big experience. But there's also something about just sitting there and learning how to keep yourself calm while you're just getting just heat thrown at your face over and over again. And I think that um, that stuff can be trained. It's not a, I don't think it's a natural position. Maybe some people could do it naturally, but like you get, you can build up a tolerance to these certain things. And so the sweat lodge for me was um, just a way to see that. Like, I think it's beautiful to test yourself and not beat yourself up either way about it, but just to throw yourself in the arena and just see where you're at. And so that's why I do that stuff. Love it, man. Yes, my lodges are great. I actually never have done one. That's one thing I haven't done yet. Yes. I have actually have a patient who's a Native American, and he does them six times a year. And he just did one like a couple weeks ago. And he's always like, you let me know when you're ready. I'm like, oh, that's that's coming down my path. Uh, I, I'm going to eventually venture that way yeah. and then uh, check them out. But I know they're intense they're, and uh, a lot of awakening from what I hear. Um, a lot of spiritual truth, a lot of um, 
Um, some people get messages that come to them when you get into that state. Uh, uh, but everyone's different. You know, everyone has that experience. I love it. And, and, and you were talking about mindset and how, um, you know, some, it's something you have to work towards, right? Mm-hmm. It's really when you're in there and you have that heat coming and it's like your body's, your brain is going to keep saying to you, right? I don't know if you tell me if you had this experience. I know a lot of people who've done sweat lodges have done to have this where you have the heat just keep coming, coming, coming. And you're like, your brain's like, Hey, this is, it's hard to breathe. Can't do this. And it's trying to let you know, like, Hey, Hey, no, 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 we can't go there. It's not good. And, did you have those struggles at all when you did it? For sure. When you broke that barrier, though, what was on the other side? Peace. It's very calm. Once you could, like, get past the erratic thoughts and just be like, you're fine. Just breathe really calm. You're good. And then you'll just, like, slow down your breathing. And all of a sudden, you'll go to another place and you, you'll get out of your yourself. I think that's where the gift comes. Because then you – is it, like, more, would you say, like, trusting yourself? Because right, you're like trying to control your situation. That's where I think the fear comes from. Sure. And then, and, t- and if I'm putting words in your mouth, let me know. But then you have that aspect of your life where then you're like, I just gotta let go. Yeah. Gotta stop resisting. I think that what I took from it the yeah. most is in the face of a lot of turbulence, is you need to stay calm. I think it's very easy to get faced with even day-to-day things. One thing happens, another thing happens, somebody cuts you off, this and that. All of a sudden, you're yelling at your wife. <laughs> you got to watch out with that stuff. Yeah, and like stuff like that. And yeah. so for me, it was like letting yourself get hit in the face with something that's really uncomfortable and learning how to calm yourself down from it and not be attached to it at all. How much has, like, because I know you say you continue practicing this, how much has Wim Hof breathing helped you in that process? This is so funny. I told this to somebody this morning. So when I wake up, I have a tendency to, and I still struggle with this, is I want to just do stuff. I want to do work. I'm thinking about my day and all this stuff. And I almost wake up at like a seven out of 10 as far as anxiety and like focus, like all that. Totally can relate. And doing the Wim Hof breathing brings me down to a three. Love it. And that's the best way to say it is I just deregulate, downshift myself, and then I go and start my day. I have mentors, like one of my uh, mentors will be like, you know, in the morning, you want to get in that power state, right? That really high energy power state. And yeah, I could tell you're like this already. Uh, you probably wake up and you're like you said, seven out of 10, you're already there. The anxiety, you want to get going, you want to get stuff going. And I always tell them, no, for me, I need to just get me in that centered peace state. And then from there, I can get on with my day. Absolutely. I love it. How long have you been practicing uh, Wim Hof now? I just finished a 30 day, 30 minutes a day challenge. I've done it on and off before. Like I've done some Kundalini stuff, but like I've never done it 30 minutes straight every day. I love it. So is it breathing in and out for 30 minutes straight? So 30 minutes is, so this is what Wim, the Wim Hof breathing cycle is, is you do 30 power breaths that look something or hear something like this. <sighs> At the 30th breath, you hold out the exhale as long as you can. Um, and that's a test in itself just to get comfortable. <laughs> and then as soon as you're done with that, you do a big inhale and you hold that for 15 seconds. That's one round. And I repeat those rounds for 30 minutes. Gotcha. Okay. Um, you ever get the lightheadedness and dizziness? Sure. I get tingly in my fingers. That's how I know I'm going there. Like when my, like when my fingers, when I settle down and feel different feelings in my fingers. There was, uh, I've done practices where uh, shamanic breath and there's variations to that. Uh, but there's one where you do just in and out like that as fast for like over an hour. It's crazy. And uh, there's, there's times where you go pure numb. Mm-hmm. Uh, like numb everything. And I'm just like, ah, but there's that again. 
trusting the process. Yeah, things are going numb, but just go with it. Let the mind just let go. And then eventually when you go, it's like, then there's that, that, that I call it the gap. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think Deepak Chopra actually coined that term. Um, but it's where that physical, spiritual, and then there's that peace zone right in the middle. Right. So I love it. Um, how has, um, since you've been doing the work, since you've done this 30 day, uh, 30 days and 30 minutes, who was Angelo before those 30 days? And how about now? Is there a change? Yeah. Um, what have you noticed the most? I feel like I could one, this, this is just a physical thing. When I'm working on, I feel like I could breathe better. I could access better breathing, um, there, um, which also carries over into your life. Like when you're, when you practice breathing and then you go and have a situation, your body just knows how to respond to it better. Um, not that I haven't had any sort of temper or anything like that, but it just, my, my, um, the intensity of any sort of outbursts or how things would come out that I would regret later has been much improved. I love that. And that's the whole thing. Like, uh, and unfortunately in America, we don't focus on our breath a lot. It's more of, uh, just go, go, go and dismiss and not really pay attention. We're like in Hindu practices. Um, they're all about the breath. And if you're stressed, take a breath, slow down, take some breaths. And, uh, even neurologically, they figured out like, you know, the, the Wim Hof power breaths. If you, if you do six of those, you actually reset your nervous system to actually, actually knock out whatever that feeling you had, anxiety, fear, whatever neurologically will break down. From that. That's crazy. That's awesome. So it's really cool stuff. I love that. Um, so alpha hippie, that's leading you that way. What's your vision? I know you're talking like it's just about you really in the end of the day and just uh, podcasts and just having great conversations. Um, what's your vision for that? Like, is I, yeah, this is a great question. So I've been going back and forth about this, um, what it would be. Um, so right now I'm just doing podcasts and I'm learning and I'm sharing with people and I'd like to just develop a tribe that is focused on being present and being better and being more mindful. I really don't have a, um, a business strategy for this yet. I just really want to see if people are vibing off the things that I'm vibing about. Um, I can't help but think down the road that this may gravitate, gravitate more towards men. Um, I'm extremely passionate about being a good man. It really, it, matters to me very much. And so I couldn't help but think that that would be something that this would go as I would develop a tribe and and have something where we would just work on being all embodying better men where we have every feeling that is available to us. And then that we would be better, everything better husbands, fathers, everything. I love that, man. So when you say, uh, uh, being better men, what's that, what's that, does that look like? I mean, you said at the end, there's better fathers and stuff. Is there anything else on that? Yes. Is there like a core value system that you kind of look at or you're projecting that you, you, you see? Sure. Uh, my, I take a lot of, of pride in this and it's something I focus on is your actions should meet your words and your actions should be the same. And if, if at the end of the day, that's all we focused on, I think everything would take care of itself. And so that's for me, like, you know, some people say it's like living in integrity, but it really means a lot to me. If you say you're going to do something, you say you're going to show up, you, you, and I'm not saying that you can't change your mind either. I'm not that hardcore, but I'm just saying like, if you say that you want to do something, you say it out loud and then you go do what you got to do to make it work. And that's very important, more important than the result. I love that. Commit and go, right? Just 
this is what you want and go with it. A lot of times in society we do, obviously it's the opposite of that. Majority of people say, this is what I really want to do. And then here's their actions and here's the outcome. And it's always like, where did you miss the mark? And I do them wrong. We all get lost. Right. I know I have. And I know I always tell my wife, too, I'm like, I will get lost again. Eventually it's going to happen. It's inevitable. Mm-hmm. Just hopefully I catch it like in the first hour rather sure. than two months down the road. Right. Um, great stuff here. Um, one last question I was going to ask is if you had, and I think you've mentioned this already in there. And I wanted to ask this question. This is one of my last questions I love asking is that if you had to send a message to yourself 10 years ago, what would you tell Angelo then from where you are now? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I I really believe that we already all, for me, I already had the answers back then. I just didn't need to be seeking so much externally. So my, as for me, like the first thing I would tell myself is to relax and you got it. And to be confident and happy with that. So is it like, uh, as Jay-Z said one time, um, can't believe I'm quoting Jay-Z, but it is a good statement. He said, uh, you know, somebody asked him, what is one thing you wish you did sooner in your life? Would you say it was like believing in yourself? Having that faith? Yeah, I would say believing in myself. Yeah. You know, I think I grew up with uh, not enough. I'm not enough. I don't feel like I'm enough or you're not good enough or you're not enough man. You're not enough this. And like, if I could tell myself 24, when I was 24, that I was enough and really believed it, that would be the greatest gift I could give myself. Love it, man. Um, it's funny how life's parallel. We grew, I know we grew up in the same town, but it's interesting because that's, that's, uh, that was one of my, has been my biggest battle is how do you show yourself that you are enough? Like I always, I always think of that question. I always look back going, yeah, I think just believe in yourself, man. Just go and do it. Forget what everyone else says. Forget what all people think and just do it. Yeah. Pretty cool stuff, man. So we got CrossFit coaching, Alpha Hippie, all that good stuff. Tell us, how do people get a hold of you? How do they want to connect with you? Yeah, sure. So on, on social media, Alpha Hippie is uh, at the Alpha Hippie on Instagram. The podcast is on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google. Um, you can check it out there. Um, me, I'm, I'm on Facebook and Instagram as Angelo Cisco, And the gym is O'Hare CrossFit on all major channels and O'HareCrossFit.com. Awesome, man. And we'll have those in the notes for you guys and all the good stuff there. So uh, definitely check it out. I highly recommend Check out the podcast. Um, I think it was episode four. Yep. Four. four. I heard it's a good one, but they're all good. I've been listening to them myself, so they're very good. Um, check them out. I highly recommend it. Um, Angelo, thanks for being on, man. This was awesome. I'm My definitely having you on again more. We got some good stuff to dive into. I like to get into more of the, the, the hippie side of the alpha side because I know we both grew up in the same society where uh, we both grew up with a mental of alpha do 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 go 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 right um i love to have you back on and we'll definitely hammer out some of that hippie stuff anytime thank you for listening to the podcast for past shows please visit www.empoweryourreality.com i hope this show inspired you and added to your life to help you on the journey to rediscover who you really are To connect with us on Facebook, please visit www.facebook.com forward slash Dr. Vic Manzo. Check us out on Twitter. The handle is DrVic21. Follow us on Instagram, www.instagram.com forward slash Dr. Vic Manzo. If you were inspired by the podcast, pay it forward by sharing it with someone who you know can benefit from it. 
thank you again for listening to the Mindful Experiment podcast, sharing paths to help you rediscover your infinite potential. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. If you found this episode to be inspirational, pay it forward by sharing it with someone that you know can benefit from this. If this is your first time tuning in, please follow us, connect with us so you don't miss another amazing episode. And until next time, keep rocking and rolling.